Hey builders, it's your girl Cance with the blogger and I am back with a new and improved website. That's right. You can go to letsbuildfutures.com and get all the great blog posts that I talk about up here in one spot, along with your podcast episodes and LBF news. So make sure you visit letsbuildfutures.com and continue to listen for the rest of this conversation. Wait, this wig stay on top of my head. I'm recording that part. <laughs> don't. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't. I, I was just about to tell you, hey, I press record. But you... <laughs> These are the bloopers. Uh, it's okay. That's going to be a blooper for sure. Okay. <laughs> I got to get right. <laughs> All right. Um. Hey, what's up, builders? It's your girl, Cantwin at the Blogger, and you are now listening to the LBF Podcast. Here with me today is Neek Cruz of the Relationship Status Podcast. She is very much a regular now here on LBF Podcast, <laughs> and we love having her back. Um, the discussion that we're going to talk about today is going to be colorism. So, Neek, yes, how are you feeling about this topic? Um, I actually love this topic. I, I feel like we need to discuss this so much more um, in the Black community, and mm-hmm. we really don't. We don't touch base on it that often. Um, but I, I I think I got the right person to talk about it with. <laughs> right. I'm like, it, it couldn't have happened better, right? So I'm more on the chocolate side. You're on the caramel side. So we both are, you know, going to be yeah. bringing our own truths and our own perspectives from it and um, our own education on it as well, because I know that you are educated on this topic. So Definitely. I'll start with um, what has been your experience with colorism in your own life? Um, with colorism, because, you know, to go to the definition of colorism is um when you favor, um, you show favoritism towards someone because of their skin tone um, <laughs> is lighter. Um, you kind of have a prejudice against someone that has a darker tone. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes into the darker tone, I always love darker tone women. Um, I was always jealous because I grew up in a home where I was like, it's, I grew up around dark different. tone. Yeah, I was the <laughs> the little yellow girl um, around all these dark, beautiful women. So I always wanted to grow up to be this dark, beautiful woman. Like, okay, maybe if I stay in the sun, or you know, I'll be as beautiful as them. So I had to kind of battle with that mm-hmm. because you know the other little girls in the house they were trying to make sure they were you know when they go to school that hey you're beautiful you're right. gorgeous and I wasn't told that same thing because I guess they, they felt like you were going to get it yeah oh uh, that I've never heard that experience but it makes a lot of sense like not validating you or you know building up your confidence because they felt like you were probably going to already be privileged to get it outside the home but it was still I'm pretty sure on a psychological, you know, development stage, it's still important for you to validate, you know, children, no matter their skin tone. So, um, like you said, 
we'll go back to the uh, Webster definition. So defining of colorism is prejudice or discrimination, especially within a racial or ethnic group, favoring people with lighter skin over those with darker skin. So exactly what she said. Um, and you'll find this not only in the African-American community, you'll mm-hmm. find this all over the world. Yes. India, China, mm-hmm. you'll find, I mean, well, that's all Asia, but you'll find it everywhere where you have a spectrum of skin tones Mm -hmm. and usually with people of color caribbean africa all of it and so it's this ingrained anti-blackness because i think a lot of people don't get that colorism is a spin-off from racism it is a product Mm -hmm. of it and it functions a lot in the same ways that racism does um in my own experience with colorism it wasn't blatant for me. It wasn't like, oh, you ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't so much that. But I could tell anytime I was in proximity or maybe a friend or family member who had lighter skin that the treatment was different. And so through that um, kind of coded language and coded behaviors, I learned that I was valued less than those who looked who are lighter hue than I was. And so that affected me in a way that I didn't even have the language to to know what it was. I didn't know what colorism was. I didn't know how to articulate that, you know, as a young girl and then as a young adult when I was still experiencing those things. So it in a lot of ways made me try to feel like I needed to be better in Mm -hmm. order to gain attention, in order to be a value, in order to feel like I was more important, not realizing you're competing against something that you will never win against because what you are trying to do is change something that you cannot change. You can't change the hue of your skin. Some people try. Yeah, bleaching. I mean, I guess I can. Some, and you know what? Some and people I've do people with bleaching. That have they have yeah. tried that in college? Um, really? Yeah. How was that? I, uh, um, it was different. I how did they go about it. that that conversation? Like with their mindset, like how did that play out? Did they know it, it was colorism? I know. No, they didn't. Because, like I said, colorism. I really didn't start understanding the word until maybe my early 30s mm-hmm. well I'm still in my early early <laughs> so you still you but, still like that early <laughs> but like in my early early 30s is where I actually started to um see what darker tone women um were going through right. but in college I never understood why you know I thought maybe because of the scarring Mm-hmm. okay you want to lighten those spots up I get it I understand toner <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. now you know I look back like oh y'all were really trying to lighten your skin t- yeah to be my tone like you don't want to be this tone love <laughs> you don't want to be this tone I, and to, so my other experience with it comes from me being the youngest and seeing my older sister now she did get picked on for her skin color she got called tar baby she got told she was too black yes she got taught uh called um what's that damn dog the dark dog that was the cujo she got called oh, all wow. those things she used to come home crying um and you know me being young i would try to comfort her as best as possible mm-hmm. but i saw the effects that I had on her and her body image and in the way that she saw herself mm-hmm. um the first time we met an elder in our family, 
um, we walked through the door and I'll never forget this because it was so painful for her and for both of us because she was in pain, you know, um, but she told her to her face, you're too dark. And my wow. sister is only maybe not even half a shade darker than me, but she's absolutely gorgeous. And so, and I think we were about, she had to be about 10 at that time. And maybe I was six or mm. seven. So we were fairly young, like, and, and so that, that's the way that we were introduced to how colorism functions is that you're mm-hmm. not good enough, you know, for at least for darkest uh, skin women. Mm-hmm. Now, when you flip that, we're talking about girls and women on the other side of colorism is the men, and how yeah. they get treated as well. So darker skinned males are seen as more aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. just like darker skinned women. And then, you know, lighter skinned males are seen as more desirable, just like lighter skinned uh, women. And so when we add these things together, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just, it's so damaging on not only a psychological level, but it does have real effects and real privileges and real discrimination in in you know different functions of our world so I just wanted to share that story because I I know a lot of times when we have the colorism conversation which is why I want to have it Mm -hmm. sometimes we stay surface level with it and we only want to talk about hurt feelings it's so much deeper we only want to talk about hurt feelings and bullying and stuff like that but it's just like okay we can discuss that too and the effects that has but I also at some point in this conversation we're going to go deeper and show that like there are other you know real benefits and real um disadvantages to colorism It is. Um, Also, we'll be talking about the flip side of it, because whereas your sister had that experience Mm -hmm. on the light skin side of things, you'll be surprised how hurtful words can be. Oh, I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm not. Um, I know that um, there are going to be a lot of women who are of lighter tone who got bullied because darker skinned children might have been projecting their own hurt and so they were on the receiving end of that so I do get that aspect of it oh definitely Um, me and a woman had a conversation about it I think I posted on my Facebook um, maybe like a few years ago how I was like I don't like the tone of you know oh I look like a white girl no I'm black Mm -hmm. I'm black um I don't like being called anything other than black because I'm black. That's what's on my license. That's what's on my birth certificate. Right. Um, Regardless of whatever I dig up that I am mixed with, I am still black. I'm still considered black. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you have these stereotypes that, um, I mean, I know I have light skin privilege. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm fully fully aware. I learned that in college. I know I have light skin privilege. Um, But um, I think when I was displaying, you know, how certain things hurt my feelings and, you know, how I grew up around a lot of dark women and I never knew what dark skinned women were going through because they projected that on on me. Mm -hmm. I was told I was funny looking because I was light skinned. Mm. Um, I was told that I smell funny because I'm light skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, that I wouldn't have the same smell as my cousins because they're darker tone. That's um, just ignorance. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was told that I wouldn't age well 
because I was light skin. Um, I'm told I'm crazy because I'm light skin. All like, the stereotypes that yeah. and the and the attributes that people assign to yeah. your skin tone. So when she read it, she shared it and she was like, it's a slap in the face because how dare you <laughs> come and say that you've been through this when, you know, we've been going through this for years and, you know, I apologize for whatever she's gone through, but you can't take away my experience. You can't mm-hmm. tell me that my experience didn't happen um, because it was different from yours. Um, and I said, in a part of me, you know, experiencing this, no one felt like it was bad because uh who cares she's light-skinned she can take it she has that tough skin in the world she can make it Mm -hmm. but wrong is wrong right yeah you know it's it's different going into a um I think I was in a cheerleading camp with like all white girls and one of the moms came to me and was like oh aren't you happy you blend in Girl, if you don't get on my face. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> just, you know, kind of mm-hmm. awkward. You know, like that awkward smile, like, oh, okay. Right. I didn't like that. But um, but yeah, like things like that that I, you know, face as a lighter tone woman, like mm-hmm. it's so much deeper. Like, you know, when you have the conversation of you feel like as a darker tone woman that, you know, you're kind of pushed aside mm-hmm. or even we can look into television where the discussion oh, always, yeah, you know, the, the, the conversation always goes into um, pay, Pam was prettier than Gina, but Gina was the lead role because she was light skin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have to degrade Gina Mm-hmm. just uplift. to make yeah to uplift Pam when they were both beautiful women and and I do get that I think that comes from a place of it's like I said because colorism functions a lot like racism a mm-hmm. lot of the the commentary surrounding these discussions are the same ones we have when we have the talk about racism so mm-hmm that example i would think that that would be someone saying and i agree that you don't have to put somebody down to lift somebody else up Mm -hmm. but so often you can get away with being mediocre based on the sole purpose of you being deemed more attractive Mm -hmm. or more acceptable because of the color of your skin whereas someone who is of a darker tone Mm -hmm. might be more qualified they might be better but they don't get that opportunity because of the privilege that's involved based on colorism. So I think people aren't articulating that well enough, you know, when they do have these conversations. But I think that that is the core of what they're trying to say is so often um, we'll hear. And I, it's been so many different movies, like even the conversation around like the storm, right? Storm is historically a dark skinned dark skinned woman. Yeah. Dark. <laughs> she comes from Africa. Not say that everybody that comes from Africa is dark, but she was chocolate. You know what I'm saying? So um constantly being cast as a lighter skinned woman. And then the conversation goes into, well, y'all should be glad that somebody black got it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay, if we are saying that representation matters, that means that every form of representation matters. I can look at a screen and I have many times as a young child and seen that 
okay well i'm only seen as aggressive i'm only seen as the funny one the undesirable mm -hmm. one the one that doesn't get the man i'm the comic relief <laughs> you know what i'm saying i'm the one that gets chosen second as a uh, as opposed to first i'm the friend mm -hmm. so you know it's those ingrained messages in our culture that i don't mind people challenging it's just the language they choose to challenge it with and i agree i definitely agree um and like I said, on the flip side of things, it's different seeing, like my favorite person growing up was Vanessa Williams mm -hmm. because that was the only light-skinned woman that I can look at and be like, oh, mommy, I want to be like her because there weren't many. There weren't many women that were of light of tone for me, just in my experience, that had big talking points. Um, when it came to family matters, when they switched out <laughs> the mom for a lot of tone mom, she didn't have a speaking role. She didn't have a major role. Wait, family mom? Mom? Yes, ma'am. I mm -hmm. thought only um Fresh Prince did that. Nope. And even in Fresh Prince, she, I role, told somebody that the other day. Her tone was all the way down. She was. She didn't talk. She didn't talk. She, she didn't no have. She didn't have no talking role. No episodes were solely about her and her struggles of being a mother or anything. So it kind of put us in a situation where light skinned women were more tamed. Um, mm. We don't talk a lot. We don't talk back. We kind of just. Um, sit back and listen right and you'll see that play out today with a you know some of the rappers were coming out saying i like light-skinned women because they listen no i talk back girl very much that ain't so. even today that's been yesterday today yeah. <laughs> we've been talking back all kind of stuff and it's just and and so <laughs> we'll switch a little bit because we we're gonna get there why do you think um the black community opposed colorism um, I believe it started way, way back um, when it was out in the fields and in the house. Mm -hmm. And it became a battle of competing. You have your house slaves, you have your outside slaves, and you see how one another is being treated. You don't want to be treated like that. So you use your privilege of what you know you can get by. So you won't be treated like that. Um, then you have your slaves that are outside watching how you're treated better. Not great, but you're treated better than they are. Mm -hmm. So it kind of forms this resentment that, you know, oh, because she's a lighter tone, she's being treated better. So that kind of been... You know, it's like a cycle all through life. She closes the damn mess in the house, eh? Exactly. So even like, you know, as time went by when, you know, we had Black women that can go what they call white passing, mm -hmm. um, it was easy for them to get by. And a lot of moms, um, or I can even go back, my great-grandmother is, I could say what she would be, considered white passing mm -hmm. so life was much much easier for her because it was you know she was like a white woman um my aunt my oldest aunt the lord bless her soul she died but <laughs> she was um white passing right. white passing black woman 
And she didn't have the same stories my mother and my other aunt had when it came into facing racism um, in the 70s and the 60s and the 50s because she was white passing. She could walk in any store. She could go to the hair salon. Um, She was very privileged because of that. So you think we uphold it because of the privilege that's there? Mm Mm-hmm. See, the crazy part is I agree with that because I think that's part of it, but I also think because it has been so ingrained so early on in our history in America that we don't even, you can't even get people to recognize colorism, let alone talk about it, let alone break the the cycle of it. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. You have to identify that something's a problem for you to solve it. And so because it's been such an ingrained inherent thing to look at skin tones and then judge a person's merit and their value based on that in our community i i just think a lot of people have gotten familiar and used to it and so it's just like well why fix something that has always been this way um i don't necessarily think it's always about the privilege but i do think that and you know, we'll discuss that later too. But I do think that a lot of people um, run away from the conversation of colorism simply because they know they might have the privilege and they don't want to give that power up. And then other people don't want to have the conversation even if they're on the other end of that spectrum because they don't ever want to feel like a victim when it's just like, (laughs) you know, so. In India, shockingly, (laughs) why I know this, don't ask, but (laughs) in India, um, if you are a darker tone, you are deemed um, less fortunate, Mm -hmm. um, poor, because you obviously obviously have to be an outside worker. So outside workers are known not to make much money. Yep. So therefore, um, whenever... Well, I used to work with um, Indians. So this is what uh, one of my coworkers told me, um, because, you know, they have arranged marriages. Mm -hmm. He was like, his wife is a a lighter tone than him because when they arrange marriages, they make sure they can marry into a family with money. And the only people who have money are lighter tone Indians. Exactly. But surprisingly, people can look at that and feel like, oh, that's extreme. Right. We can look at that and be like, oh, my God, that's a problem. That's crazy. But when it's in our own community, we do that here. (laughs) We do that here. Um, Women of lighter tones marry at higher rates than women of darker tones. Not only do they marry at higher rates, they marry um, more successful, more uh, higher earning partners Mm -hmm. um, than women of darker tones. They have more job opportunities than women of darker tones. So when we talk about colorism, that's why I always tell people, and I see these conversations, and I just be like, it's just so much more than hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If someone doesn't want me based on the color of my skin, then fine, because you're probably not the person that I want to be with with that mindset. That's cool. But let's talk about these privileges, though. Like, let's divvy that up. Let's let's space that out and, and kind of give everybody the same kind of equity that they mm-hmm. deserve and that you know is going to benefit our community and until we can have that honest conversation about who holds that power who holds that privilege then you know it's it's just like we're going to be always 
gonna Stuck be in this era. Gonna that's when the conversation just becomes dark skin against light skin. You know, and really the talk of colorism is just so much more because the ism in it implies that it's a system in place mm-hmm. that disen, um, disenfranchises one group over another. Yes, so, it does. Definitely. How have you participated in colorism in your own words? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to talk about myself too. So. <laughs> um, like I said, I know I have light skin privilege. Mm-hmm. I do. I I fully aware of that use that a lot in college until how did you use it (laughs) until somebody actually like called me out was like you only pretty because you light skin was a guy said that to you or a girl a girl she was like you're only pretty because you're light skin but i thought i was better I mean, I didn't have to. I didn't have to. This is what growth is about. (laughs) This is what growth is about, man. I didn't have to do much. I didn't have to, like, and I watered myself down a lot because I felt like I was, I was just too pretty. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want y'all to compete with me, and that was literally my mindset. How did you, how were your friend groups? Like, how did that have, how did you interact with women of darker tones and with that dynamic going on internally? Um, well, one of my bestest friends, she's lighter than me, but <laughs> our other friend that is darker than us, um, when we would spend a lot of time together, um, I would water myself down so she mm-hmm. wouldn't feel ugly. What do you mean water yourself down? If I know, like, I have a difference in an outfit, like, this outfit's going to make me pop. This outfit's going to get me attention. I'll kind of water it down and put something else on that may not be so revealing. Or I may even give her an outfit, like, hey, let me dress you. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, uh, with your tone, can't wear everything. Oh, did you ever say that to her? Yeah, I did what okay yeah (laughs) so coming from from, coming from your childhood and feeling inadequate because of your skin tone then going into a space where you did start because I think a lot of people have that same story right Mm -hmm. when you have lighter skin you'll often hear how the childhood was rough the bullying was there Mm -hmm. and once they come into their teenage years and their adulthood they start receiving those privileges that have been promised to them and then that dynamic kind of changes when they start realizing that it's there so what was going on in your mind like when whenever you had that experience with you know your friend <laughs> yeah and she did you think she was day. pretty <laughs> yeah she's a beautiful girl very very beautiful girl mm-hmm. um my mom like goes back to my mother um she always praised darker tone women so it was kind of my resentment because she would always say oh she's pretty I think I try to do modeling I think that was where like the resentment started I try to do modeling we both me and her and my mom was like you're not gonna get picked and I was like why not do you see my I'm pretty so you did to your friend what your what your uh, family did to you Exactly. So when, you know, it came into us going out and getting dressed, I was like, you know, you don't look cute and everything. Mm. You know, sometimes you get too dark. (laughs) (laughs) But she was kind of used to it. 
so she Used didn't look abuse. at you yeah so she didn't yeah. look at it as me saying anything negative to her she looked at it as I'm actually over right. her out so right. she was like okay what can I put on what you got and I was like the sad part about it is from my perspective of the situation which I've had that but it hasn't been you know vocal like I said mine was my shit be always covert and I have to kind of figure it out for myself (laughs) so you know realizing that I would be around you know people who were more deemed more desirable and then I would see the reactions and everything but for her like you said, she she was used to the abuse as a darker skinned woman. You get told that you're not valuable, you mm-hmm. know, in subtle ways and in obvious ways through media, through family, through everything, especially when we start talking about the whole dating aspect of it. So her taking that from you probably just felt like it was um, validating the self-talk that she probably already was struggling with. Mm-hmm. More importantly, she probably didn't leave the friendship because her proximity to you probably added something to her self-value in her in her mind I feel like you know a lot of people do stay in abusive friendships with a dynamic of colorism because Mm -hmm. of the privileges involved in it so I might not be the light-skinned one but if I have a light-skinned friend then I might be included in down. Comes right down. I'll get some trickle down of some of those privileges that they might have I might be deemed more desirable just by association and the sad part is a lot of people never grow out of that mindset ever um it even turns into um where I've noticed some of my associates are more hypos hypersexual where it comes mm-hmm. into like they feel like they have to approach with sex. Like I have to show my cleavage. I have to wear short shorts to show my butt. Like that's my only asset to get you to notice me because I'm a dark skinned woman. So she doesn't have to do much because she's light skinned. So I have to make sure Ooh, that's a ooh. I look because I, I look at that and I think well maybe she just is comfortable in her womanhood and in, in her agency so mm-hmm. you know if she wants to show off I mean because honestly oh, don't get me wrong so this, is, so, so, so this is another thing because we're I'm gonna do a body um shaming and body positive episode at some point but okay so she might the woman might not have the light skin privilege but what she got <laughs> is body privilege right she might have body privilege that's a very real thing like to have the ideal body or to have the the ideal body of what a black woman is supposed to look like so a Mm -hmm. lot of people might lean into that but that's no different than a, a woman leaning into her skin color you know or it could just be her having agency over her body and being proud of the way it is she might you know what I might not have all this net in the third but I'm gonna get dressed up and I'm gonna look cute look you know? so yeah and and I wish it was that I really like if she was just comfortable and because she's not even comfortable in her own skin so you do feel like that was it was her oh it definitely that. is it is um we had a conversation um it stemmed back to her grandfather touching her and only her because she was the dark-skinned child and the only dark-skinned child and then she was the child that her mom was um on drugs and she was kind of left with whoever oh she don't listen to this episode (laughs) (laughs) oh 
we talk about it, I'm not gonna say her name. So, right. <laughs> but it it goes into and like she understands herself. She identifies it now. Like this mm-hmm. is why she is the way she is. She can't help right. it sometimes. So when she walks into a room of men, and and even sometimes with a room of women. When she feels like she's not getting attention she wants or that she feels like she needs, she starts to become a little over-sexualized. Like, oh, I'm going to go rub his back or, you know, I want to bring out my cleavage. Let me take my bra off. All right. You know, those things. Well, another message darker skin tone women are told is that they are more sexual, that 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 is their value. That's where it lies is between being able to procreate, being having the childbearing hips and and having, you know, being an asset in that way. That is a message that is always reiterated whether verbally whether Mm -hmm. you know socially visually through you know the media darker skinned women are always you know put in a position where they are already hypersexualized and then you think Mm -hmm. about how hypersexualized black women in general are yeah yeah it's just it's it's a problem it really is and i can see how someone can internalize that and then take that and and kind of um self-deprecate in their own life yeah, because we had to have a conversation because she was one of those friends that like I went after my fr- my other friend, my high school friend. She came after me. Mm-hmm. So she would and she still from time to time she does it and we have to have a talk again. <laughs> but she'll call me like, oh, well, you know, I'm chocolate, you know, caramel, delight, you, your little light skin little thing. <laughs> little white girl and I'd be like that hurts Mm -hmm. that hurts my feelings when you say things like that and she'd be like you know you're crazy that's why I don't talk to light-skinned men um but okay see now we're gonna talk about that one (laughs) but it goes back to like because I have to remind her you have a light-skinned child Mm -hmm. and so what messages are you going to be sending this yeah you have to understand when you talk about because she talks about light-skinned people like it is nothing like but that comes from a a place of pain and when you Mm -hmm. don't grow and you don't heal from those things you stay in the cycle and you keep upholding a system that has never really benefited anybody you know so um lighter skinned women do hold privilege there is a disadvantage to getting your power and your privilege in that manner because at some in some way you're leaning into stereotypes right you're leaning into stereotypes that are not encompassing of who you are as a human being and as a person um but I can say like the way that I upheld colorism um for a long time (laughs) I was like oh I don't want to date nobody but dark-skinned men right um one of the reasons was well I don't want to date no light-skinned guy you know pretty boys whatever not realizing that that statement was a direct result of colorism, looking at lighter skinned men as more feminine and darker skinned men as more masculine. Mm-hmm. The same thing that had kept me in a role of being seen as aggressive and more masculine. And I don't even have the brunt of it, right? Because I'm in the smaller mm-hmm. body. You know, I don't get seen as much as a threat or as aggressive as women who are the archetype of the black woman build right so um that's one statement I made and I had to be real with myself and I'm like okay like 
you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, girl, why you like dark skinned men more? <laughs> like, let's let's figure this out. Like, hey, you, I don't want you to be problematic, but if you're going to be problematic, let's change it. You know, but we got to figure out where it stems from. And so what I realized was I have an affinity for darker tones because that's what I was around as far as the male species goes. Like my dad is a darker skin. I have so many great memories of feeling safe and comforted and, you know, love. That was my first, you know, male love. So it was a darker skinned man that connected that to me. And so that's why I have an affinity for that skin tone when it comes to romantic relationships. So I was like, okay, I'm safe. The love dark skinned men. <laughs> but the difference is I don't, I didn't participate. I didn't continue to participate in that mindset. I had dated men of all shades you know my shade darker lighter whatever the case may be you know yes. and, and love for all the all same. Black men. listen okay y'all get on my nerves <laughs> but I love me some black men okay um but yes so just having that real conversation and just being honest you know because mm-hmm. a lot of people just don't want to be honest with the problematic views they might hold yeah, because for a while, I used to be scared to walk into a room full of dark-skinned women. You thought you were going to be attacked? <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? They're going to jump me because I'm light-skinned. They're going to be So you already thought me. we was aggressive? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit colorism coming out? <laughs> but like I said, it, it hit me in my... I, I guess, like, fear may have gone away. Mm-hmm. In my early um, 30s, I not even my early 30s, I'll say my late 20s. Ah, I turned into that Karen, that white woman. Like you, like <laughs> I had no real enemies at CLSA. Like you're not gonna talk to me any kind of way. Um, I'm light-skinned. No. So like I had to grow out of that as well. <laughs> so when I got to my early 30s is when like I actually sat down, well actually a friend sat down with me. Um, an associate, I'll call her. Uh, so she had sat down with me and she was like, I understand you're hurting because mm-hmm. I know your mother, but you are a beautiful woman. Yeah, but I am, I'm your match. I am the same woman that you are. I am just as beautiful as you are. And I was like, I know, I love, you know, darker tone women. And she was like, but you don't have to fear me. You don't and have to I, fear me. You don't have to think I'm your competition. You don't yeah. have to think I'm going to be aggressive with aggressive you. Aggressive towards you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but I understand that because your mother is a darker toned woman. And she's always tried to put fear in you. So you just had a double dose, a yeah. double down, right? So when you're learning about this stuff or being indoctrinated in these systems, mm-hmm. um, then to have it kind of validated by your own personal experience, I can see how it can be that much harder to break out of that mindset um, and to see things for how they are. Because th- the reality of it is nobody's better than nobody. It's like no. you have some gorgeous people. No, I'm, I'm just saying it like that, but that's on any spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Any. It doesn't matter the hue. And, and I just, I think about the messages and the fact that I feel like sometimes it gets worse. Like, you know, granted, we talk about slavery and how that's kind of how it happened in the, mm-hmm. the brown paper bag test and how slaves and stuff like that. And we talk about how it was then. But there was a time in our black community history where we celebrated the dark skinned black woman. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where she wasn't seen as the lesser individual 
in such extreme terms. She was always seen, you know, as a, you know, a option compared yeah. to, you know, her lighter skin counterpart. But when I look at it today, I just don't see as much progress um, as there I is think none. we should be making because every time we have a talk about colorism, people close their ears and they want to stick to, oh, that's just my preference. But I where are preferences? Like where are preferences born from? Who taught you to have an affinity for one thing over the other? And if you're not having a real conversation with yourself to figure out how your preference developed, then more than likely it developed because you were indoctrinated in a system that told you something was better than something else. Um, I like to ask men when dating me. When when men have an attraction to me, I have to ask what made you attracted to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Oftentimes, you have to be careful because you'll become a fetish, mm-hmm. whether you're dark skin or light that's, skin. That's on a dark skin level too. Like, and and you'll become a fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you know whether you're dating a black man or a man that's non-black, you really have to ask the questions of, "What do you like about me?" Yeah, and men take it as like, oh, whoa, I love you know, I like your personality. Men are visual creatures, so I start to listen to what he compliments a lot. Mm-hmm. You got to listen to that. Like, if you're telling yeah. me that you like something that is just solely about the richness of my skin, yeah, <laughs> I'm like be a little oh, bit. <laughs> I like how the sun glares on you. Oh, I love, you know, how your hair could just, you could just go wash and go. Oh, I love how, oh, and I think, what was it? One of my favorite, one of the guys told me, oh, I'm going to have some beige children. And it's so much, it's so baked in our language. And when you call these men out, or even women, because I've called women out too, when you call mm-hmm. people out, I'm like, you know, you, you look colorist, right? And they'd be like, no, I'm just, this is the preference. No, boo-boo. Like, no. Um, in my own day in life, I'm the first dark-skinned woman a lot of these guys have dated. And I'll just be like, you just probably missed out on so many great women because of whatever was going on with your mindset. I don't know what <laughs> has opened it at this point, but it's going to be open by the time we start conversing because... I just I I don't allow it to go down anymore so much. Um, even when in conversation, when I have women who declare themselves like, "Oh yeah, I'm a red bone" or whatever, I just be like, "Girl, you are so much more than your skin tone." Yeah, that's the only thing that you can declare about yourself. It's okay to feel pride in how you look. That's how society has put us. Where society has put us. Right. We listen to these songs, and yes. you know we have these themes that we're trying to go by. Mm-hmm. Oh, a thick red bone or uh, chocolate Puerto Rican. Like we, it, it starts to. Girl, I ain't thick or red, so I was losing <laughs> twice. Okay, <laughs> I was just well, like, here I am, goddamn. But it's really shocking to me now because I fear for darker toned women in this day and age because I feel like y'all are becoming a fetish I I mean and I I see that too when I when I thought about whether it was changing or not I was like I don't know 
Because on one hand, you will have people proclaiming that they love black women, the dark skinned mm-hmm. black woman, all this different. Hey, queen, you know what I'm saying? They'll do all yeah. this language. And then you'll you see them. You'll see them and they'll still have a light skinned girlfriend, a light skinned wife. And it's not a problem with who you choose to be with. But when mm-hmm. you have like this conversation about people can love who they love. Okay, but when all the top billionaires, millionaires, successful people all have light skinned wives and girlfriends and baby mamas, you can't tell me you can't tell me that's not colorism. I'm sorry. That's a whole system in play. You mean tell me one dark skinned woman wasn't available when when you have women who get praised solely for the color of their skin, that's a fetish. Mm -hmm. That is not you saying that you love my personality. That's not you saying that I'm a value for any other reason other mm-hmm. than the fact that you like the way I look. Yep. And um, so it does go both ways. Oh, it definitely goes both ways. Um, I always ask because it's interesting to hear a man say, oh, I only date dark, dark skinned women. Mm-hmm. Once again, I have to ask you, Why? Why? What is it about darker tone women? And and when I ask those questions like that, then I'm told, why? Are you jealous? Because they I like darker tone women. Or they'll probably say, oh, because, you know, I just think the, the dark skinned woman is, you know, the mother and, and she's yeah, strong and she the backbone. And I'm like, why we always like, got to be strong? Yeah. Like tired. Don't, <laughs> you know, a, a darker tone woman needs the same respect that you would give any woman and the same vulnerability the same gentleness we need the same kind of she needs to she needs to feel like she can be feminine around you yes that's the word i was trying to articulate is that yes we are feminine too yes and i think a lot of that is taken away because whenever a man starts to desire darker tone women it's like oh because she's strong she's independent but it's a lot of times it's to break you down. Mm. It's to break your independence down. Like, ah, you know, cause they'll turn around. I and tamed, say, oh, like I tamed her. <laughs> yeah. You know, she was too masculine. No, like you mm. were just a bitch and you, you know, you didn't show her that you were masculine, masculine enough to handle her to where she can feel like she can be feminine. And, you know, that's why I said, I always ask my darker tone friends, like, how are you feeling today? How are you? What, what is your mental health like today? I like to ask those questions because a lot of times, you know, you all are fighting battles that the world has no idea what you're going through. Um, because nowadays to me, you're being a fetish to not just black men, which is like crazy to me that a black man can fetishize a, a a black woman that's crazy to me but by white men (laughs) but by white men as well um and now by white women Mm. so i i thought about um like the the high fashion industry and how a lot of the the models they choose to photograph and use gorgeous skin tones i mean Mm -hmm. midnight dark black it's just gorgeous you don't see no like regular black dark skin no. girls up there so it's just like you guys girl. you're fetishizing i mean and it's beautiful yeah. you know what i'm saying you can't deny the beauty in the skin tones that they use but it's just like 
So the regular, you know what I'm saying? Not regular, but but the normal skin tones, the ones that aren't extreme aren't good enough for you. You know what I'm saying? It either has to be that so that you can really, really it. dark. Right. And so I, really, I, really I think about that too. Um, and it's, it's just crazy. How do you, how do you see colorism playing out with children? Um, favoritism. And it can go on either way. Um, I've actually seen it on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a child. I've seen a child beg their mom for something as like clothing. Like, oh, I want this shirt that I really like. Mm-hmm. I heard to say, no, I don't have it right now. But went to her other child and got it. Um, I, I want to give you a situation, but I don't. I don't know who's gonna listen. <laughs> so you don't <laughs> because I, like it's a serious situation that I I really and I I haven't approached that person about it, but it really made me feel. You know, it doesn't even matter. I'm gonna oh, talk about no, it. Don't talk about it. Then. <laughs> Relax, heal, and embrace a better you. Spa Danny offers quality yet affordable massages customized just for you. Let Danny create a space for you to hit the pause button. Who doesn't need that at the start of 2021? Why not start today? You can call or text at 843-687-2079. That's 843-687-2079. Seven, nine. You can also message her on her business page at spadanny underscore on Instagram or follow her on Facebook at spadanny LLC. You can also book online at spadannyexperience.com. That's spadannyexperience.com. Treat yourself, be good to yourself, and let 2021 be a whole vibe. So, um, I know a woman that has two, two children, two girls. Mm-hmm. Um, one of her girls are dark skinned and the other one is very light skinned. Um, one just happened to take after her mom. The other one happened to take after the dad. Which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. So the mother, um, when it came to summertime, um, the darker tone girl wanted to go to this camp and she was like, you know, I can't afford it. And they're different ages. So, um, just the reason why it's, I guess it's handled differently, mm-hmm. but she really wanted to go to this camp and she was like, no, I'm not, I'm not paying for that. You don't need to go to that. So what, you can be up in them little boy faces and no, so no. already so, hypersexualizing her. Yes. Um, the light skin one is attending already signed up hmm. and, and you feel like, like it's based on the color of their skin definitely um very much so definitely um even down to who she let sleep with her who she makes clean who she uh, when she walks in the door and she expects for food to be prepped and cooking it's always and they're not that much you know difference in age i think they're like two years apart Mm-hmm. So, where one is 17 years old, the other one is just 15. 
So this one should be doing the same thing and the same chores that this one is doing, but there is like, you can see the favoritism and it's so noticeable to the point where I was kind of scared to say something to another friend of mine put me inside was like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I don't like this at all because I was that little girl mm-hmm. and she was that little girl. So I don't know why she's treating her little girl like that. Because she was that little girl. You know, when you don't, I don't know what happens besides, you know, education and, and just maturity in life mm-hmm. to break you out of that mindset that colorism is a problem. It is a thing. Um, but when you don't break out of it, that's what you have. You have parents that perpetuate it. You have, you know, communities and families that uphold it and, and that indoctrinate the next generation into these mm-hmm. systems by the way they treat them the way that they pour into them, the affirmations or validation that they choose to give or not give. And it's sad because if this little girl allows herself to believe those messages, then she might be the same dark-skinned women that you encountered Mm -hmm. that told you that you weren't good enough. And you see how that continues to be a thing, you know? And that's why we got to continue to like hold each other accountable and and make sure that we're having the conversation. Anytime I bring up colorism in a group of, of mixed hue people, mm-hmm. it's always the darker skinned women that speak up first. And I have a problem with that because I know that lighter skinned women might feel I don't know how to talk about this because I'm the one that benefits from it or I want to create a space where darker skinned women can talk about it. Mm-hmm. But it's important to hear all of our perspectives. So mm-hmm. when you don't join into the conversation, it makes me feel like you want to hold on to your privilege instead of admitting that it's there. And then let's have a discussion about your own experience with colorism. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of have that moment of clarity and understanding each other's experiences. So maybe we can find a solution for the next generation. <laughs> But too often we have these conversations and it just, it goes nowhere. I think, um, I think it's because people are just starting to talk about colorism, um, heavily. And whereas is it kind of only looks like darker tone women are starting a conversation, Mm -hmm. but in my experience, I'm starting to see it as a gatekeeping. Like, you know, I think I saw on TikTok one time where, um, like I said previously, when we started, you know, a woman was, well, like me, I was telling my experience as a light-skinned woman. She was telling her experience as a light-skinned woman. And the entire internet bullied her into telling her, no, you're not facing colorism, you're facing shadism. And it's like, well, we are kind of putting prejudice against her because of her tone. She's telling you she's having an issue and what issue she's facing because of her tone of her skin. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're telling her, no, you're not because you can't go through that because you're not a dark-skinned woman, a dark-skinned woman. So therefore your argument is not valid. I think it's something to be said on educating each other because shadism is a thing, just like texturism is a mm-hmm. thing, um, right? You can be considered, like if I was a dark-skinned woman and my hair was super, super curly, I, that would come with some privileges that 
I would still get. Oh, definitely. You know, as opposed to whatever grade of hair I have, which I love my hair, but I don't know what grade it is. <laughs> um, so I do understand the argument. I just, like I said, the language and how we choose to talk and educate each other is, mm-hmm. is so important because we got to give each other grace. You know, um, I understand the frustration when it comes to trying to talk to someone and telling them, like, there are certain things that you will just not be a part of. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it's the oppression Olympic, uh, Olympics, you know, saying we're not getting into who was more oppressed because we already yeah. know that yeah. darker skinned people across the world are more oppressed than any other group. <laughs> Definitely. That's just point blank, period. We don't and have I think to that cons- triggers. That's it, what, it starts to be a trigger. Whenever someone says, I have that issue, be like, whoa, 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 I had an issue worse. I had an issue way worse. But it, and the problem a lot of times for me is the lack of knowledge that, like I said, it's more than just those hurt feelings, it's more mm-hmm. than just that bullying. It's real. Mm-hmm consequences that people who look like me and who are darker than me face so when you're met with someone who is coming to you and saying you know what just like you came to me and during this conversation and you're telling me your experiences I'm not discounting what you've been through I'm giving you the grace that I hope to receive mm-hmm. because when I start talking about the real concrete things that affect the people specifically in this cohort of mm-hmm. what I am in, you know what I'm saying, as a dark mm-hmm. woman, then I would want you to understand that that might be something you never experienced. Just like when we, a lot of times we talk about colorism, it's the same kind of conversation we have when we're trying to tell a white person about racism. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people like, y'all can sit here and y'all want to preach all day about racism and I'm all for it. I'm always for it, <laughs> okay? But then we turn around and y'all, it's crickets. When we talk about this, you know, mm-hmm. nobody wants to admit their privilege. Nobody wants to admit that they're bitter. Yeah. You know, and, and that was something that I had to remove from myself because a lot of the conversation is infuriating. Like I know, um, was it Tammy Riviera? What's her name? Yeah, Tammy. The one that's married to Waka Flocka, that's her name? Yeah. Tammy she talked on the situation and I just found it problematic um I don't think that like she did a great job of discussing the real issues because she never missed mentioned how privilege can be used to make a more equitable community she focused on bullying and hurt feelings as opposed to the very real consequences that come from colorism that affect Mm -hmm. people so while your feelings might be hurt i'm sorry but there are darker skinned women that get prison sentences that are more harsh harsh. Mm -hmm. in lighter skinned women while your feelings might be hurt while you might have gotten bullied there are women that can't even get someone to care about their plight because they are of a darker skin tone than you are and that yeah. you in a lot of ways have gotten to where you are you have gotten to you know some of the opportunities presented to you not saying that you didn't do the work to uphold those opportunities but they were presented to you first and foremost in a lot of ways because of your skin yeah. tone they were easier yeah so I just I never want to have this conversation with somebody who can't first admit that there's privilege 
And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, that's where it's missed. A lot of people can't admit that I feel some type of way. You know what I'm saying? They can't start there. And then on the other side of it, the privilege isn't isn't acknowledged. And so nobody Mm -hmm. knows each other. Um, That goes into the conversation not being um, real. Mm -hmm. Um, When you can't talk about your, because I, I, like I said, I know I have light skin privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, I know where it has taken me. I know the opportunities that I may have had, but having this conversation, it helps me understand um, where even I may go wrong or where, and not as a light skinned woman of what I go go through, but how I handle a darker toned woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, like I said, when I go into, um, not go into, but when I went into that caring mode where I would talk over. <laughs> the fact that you call it that. <laughs> <laughs> because like, you know how like white women have that microaggression. That, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like that's Ooh, like where that's I see cool it. One. What microaggressions, and, and this isn't for you because I feel like you've answered it, but builders, you can answer this question for yourself if you are of a light of tone. What microaggressions have you been performing in your friendships, relationships, socially, out in the world and darker skin women what microaggressions have you been performing um you know in the same manner as a result of colorism and the effects that it's had on you so but yeah i've just noticed with myself like i would talk over a darker tone woman which is why you got to be aggressive to be heard. You see how yeah. that works? <laughs> yeah. So like, that's what I said, like it, it comes into understanding why they are the way they are, or, you know, and, and all darker tone women are not aggressive. Like there's, uh, there's a lot of light skinned women who are very more aggressive. And even but me talking over you. Yeah. With me look, you know, talking over you, that's my aggression. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, why it's called microaggression because I'm speaking over you. I'm letting you know, like I'm in charge. Right. Hush, tone down. And some of the softest women get frustrated. You're going to see that bitch, let me talk. (laughs) And now she's, you know, that angry black woman. Listen, let me tell you something. And I'll, damn, I forgot it, but I'll tell this story. So, I've talked about work up here often, (laughs) but, um, you know, the career that I'm in very male dominant career, but I'm pretty dominant female, but I've mastered being assertive without having to be aggressive because there is a difference. Um, simply because part of it is my nature. I have a softer nature. I have a softer touch and where I do stuff. I don't have to raise my voice. I don't have to do all this. Like you Mm -hmm. get my point that privilege comes from my body type too. So I don't have to always, you know, do so much to be heard but also because I've been put in leadership positions you know I'm having to get into seasons where I talk more and more and more so for a long time there was a situation dealing with men at my job where I'm just like I know what I'm saying makes sense and yet for some reason they have a problem with me saying it at all I'm not saying it aggressively. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it. If I bring up an issue, mm-hmm. then it's an issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's another issue, the fact that I even brought it up. But you got other women who, not light-skinned women, let's just clarify, but they are lighter, lighter than me. 
mm-hmm. who do less and get more. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to realize that that was a function of shadism and colorism enacted Definitely. against me. That even though I wasn't being aggressive, mm-hmm. I was deemed aggressive. Even though I wasn't being problematic, I was deemed as a problem, uh, problem maker because of my skin tone. Not the fact that I was wrong, not the fact that I was, you know, actually doing my job, mm-hmm. not the fact that I was, you know, call, holding people accountable, including myself, but the fact that it was coming from me. Because another woman and sometimes it might be a light-skinned woman sometimes Mm -hmm. she might just be lighter could say what i said the exact not even the exact same way a lot of times it's way more aggressive they cussing at you they don't have no respect for your position or nothing and you receive it better Mm -hmm. you take up for these women even when they're wrong but when i need your assistance I can't get it. And it took me a long, yeah, it took me a long time to realize that I was experiencing colorism because um, I I think that was a new form of how I I was experiencing it. And I hadn't, I hadn't identified it, you know, as quickly as I I wish I would have, because I spent a lot of time thinking like, maybe it's me. Maybe I need to change my approach am I being problematic? (laughs) You know, so then you start questioning yourself. You internalize these, you know, these subtle messages that they've been trying to feed to you that you are the problem. Mm -hmm. And I had to remind myself who the hell I was. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Yeah, I just want to share that. (laughs) But Um, that does make sense. And that happens. mm -hmm. We're in 2021 and that still happens. A, a darker tone woman can approach and just automatically can look at her and just be like, oh yeah, she about to tell us off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she about to set, she's about to set all this straight. And it's like, no, she's coming. Hey y'all. Right. Thank you for coming. And it's like, oh, okay. Maybe she might be it's, a pushover. And sometimes it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sometimes because that dark skinned woman gets overtalked because she automatically gets looked at as aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, then that's what she has to be to be heard. Now she mm-hmm. got to be aggressive. Now she got to, you know, raise her voice to be heard because otherwise you're not paying attention to her because you don't feel like she is um, saying anything or providing anything of value. And I just went through a, like some rigorous training um, and they called, you know, different groups of people up to mm-hmm. discuss their their experiences and everything in front of a mixed group. We had white, Asian, mm-hmm. Latino, like all kinds of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so they called all the black women up and for us to discuss, you know, our experiences with working um, under stereotypes that are placed on us. And it was the dark skinned women that were more vocal about the more aggressive ways that colorism and perceptions and stereotypes have been placed on us not saying that the lighter skinned women didn't have those experiences but when they spoke up it was a little bit differently and some of them i don't know they some of them didn't speak up at all (laughs) so well and 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 I, i hate that we have to even say that like it's so plain and like in plain sight that we see that darker tone women are treated differently Mm-hmm. Period. Like but they are gaslight you and say no. 
They are complete, <laughs> like it's it's seen, but in a lot of times when even okay, and I, and I want to say this before I forget, even down to the first black actress that won an Oscar. Oh, not Holly. It's Wait, a woman that's, that's not Halle Berry, fully, right? Yeah. Okay. It's not even a woman that's fully black. Child, first How black president, many? VP. Come on now. How, yes, our VP, our first vice president is not even. I don't know. She's no, she's see, she's, I, mixed. <laughs> she's mixed. Mm-hmm. There we go. And there's nothing so, wrong with that, but it's, it's, some, it, it's something to be said about it too. But it's like if it was a darker tone, we and we know it. If she was a darker tone woman, would have never happened. It would have never happened. It would have never happened, even down to um, Michelle Obama. You know, she made so many changes in the world and we can't even, you know, a lot of times she's not even looked at for, you know, the things that she's done Mm -hmm. because she's a darker tone woman. It's like, oh, you're supposed to do that. She got called all kinds of monkeys, apes. Her appearance was scrutinized. And this is the message that darker skinned women get to see. Because while, oh Lord. Columet, listen. (laughs) VP. But no, no, no. Yes, because I always say that. It's Kamala. Because I want people to correctly say my name. I did. I had to stop, but that was horrible. Kamala Harris, VP. Mm-hmm. Even though she gets scrutinized, it is mm-hmm. very different. Way it's very, different. very different. And people will say, oh, yeah, she's still going through as a black woman. That's for sure. Yeah. And we're not taking that away from her. We're not taking that away. But However, it's different. She, yes, she has is a big difference. She <laughs> is praised for the way she even just walks off the plane. <laughs> She's praised for how she talks to these men. Anytime Michelle Obama says anything or she tries to have her input, it's like, oh, stay in your place. Uh, or Michelle, she's out of her um, name. Or she's, you know, she's a mean that's walking around, this being passed around of she's ugly or something. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. Because she's Michelle, a beautiful woman. Serena. Oh, yeah. It's just like Viola Davis. Did you see that picture going around of Serena? You talking about the the recent one? Yeah, I did. Now, now we need to have intervention. Now we need to. Have I love me some Serena, y'all. But let's be clear: sometimes people will be in your corner, and they will think I've had this happen before, right? So. You know, my friends being of a different skin tone, they might be using the product. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I can use it. And it's not for me. It's not for my skin tone. So I think a lot of times it's the fact that our skin tone doesn't get accounted for, which is why Fenty Beauty was Mm -hmm. such a big deal, right? So going Mm -hmm. back to her making all these different shades of foundation that could incorporate this skin tone over darker skin woman because what we used to have to do before she did that what i had to do when i was trying to practice makeup before i gave it up mm-hmm. <laughs> um was mixed tones and a lot of women have to do that to get like the right right, right shade tone. right 
but having to do that because you got an extremely dark tone mm-hmm. foundation with a medium tone foundation and the medium tone is way way too light and the dark is way way too dark mm-hmm. and there's nothing in the middle because either you the ideal dark or the runway right like we mm-hmm. talked about earlier are you medium brown yeah. There was no in between. It was no in between. So it was just like, you know, that was a big deal because, you know, so yeah, I've seen the picture. (laughs) (laughs) I just, the makeup artist. um, I think that's her being whitewashed. What do you mean? Um, A lot of times when, because she goes into, because she's married to a white man. Mm -hmm. And she kind of went into, you know, she tried dating black men she dated Common. She dated a few other Black men. Mm-hmm. And she just didn't feel appreciated. She said, I, I didn't feel loved. Which is fair. Shit. Yes, very fair. <laughs> very fair. Because uh, I'm about at that point where I'm going to say, I'm about done with you colors. <laughs> but, I mean, I say, But, you know, I can understand her, you know, a, a, a man of a non-black treating you a certain way like okay there's no point in me turning him away because he's non-black when the men that are my tone don't even want me and and they talk about me I I can appreciate that I just don't want to ever feel like I'm choosing something um I don't ever want to feel like I'm choosing something because something else didn't work out I don't want to feel like okay but because this is not because I've had so many bad experience with black men mm-hmm. that I'm going to just discount black men altogether and then go to another race, which I don't think she, that's oh, what yeah. she did. I don't, I don't think that's what she did. I think that I she think really met this man. man. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she met this man and they fell in love, which is perfectly fine. I have no But I problem. think he had a better opportunity because of how she's treated. Because, uh, what do you mean better opportunity because how she's treated? I think he had a better opportunity to get her or better chance to get her because oh like she might not have went for him because she was so unappreciated she just went to the to him. the guy that treated her well well damn you, just you, you don't be, think they love each other <laughs> I, I'm not saying they don't love I, I, I don't know their relationship however I know how she was dragged to be masculine her skin tone, her and her sister. So to see her in a skin tone, like in a shape where usually she looks gorgeous. I've never, I can't find a picture where I don't ever see her dressed up looking gorgeous. So I've seen some, and I just think a lot of that is just her. Some some women just not feminine in that way and feminine presenting in like, I'm, but, I'm, go- I'm gonna know how to do this makeup I don't know how to do makeup <laughs> you know but she saying? actually has a team that's doing her makeup so when some people don't know that, how to do dark, dark skin that's <laughs> true but I, I kind of start to feel like it kind of you kind of get whitewashed you kind of get whitewashed into believing this is your skin tone this is how you're supposed to look this is the idea of beauty I don't know about that I think she might have looked back on the picture she was like nah cause I've done that before now let me <laughs> let me be honest I've gotten my makeup done before Mm-hmm. and then I've gotten in the car and I'm like oh yeah she had me looking cute and I look and, and she got me looking casket sharp and then sharp, I have to yeah. wipe it off because it looked good under a certain light but when you're doing makeup what mm-hmm. a lot of makeup artists don't understand is just like you have to contour and highlight to 
on skin to reflect whatever lighting light setting that skin might be in they do very well with lighter skin tones it's more trickier with darker skin tones because those undertones are a little different got red undertones right so that means mm-hmm. you're gonna have to figure a little bit something else out you know you can't use as much highlight on me because it reflects a little bit differently on my mm-hmm. skin so i think a lot of people just don't account for that and then they had you looking crazy <laughs> Yeah, Serena probably didn't know she was looking crazy. <laughs> I think whitewashing is very, very. I mean, because whitewashing, all like, is across the board. I've seen you know light skinned girls be whitewashed, um, but I, I really think it's a a thing of you hating your your skin tone because of how you're treated. Um, so when you're mistreated or you're made to feel like you're not enough. Mm-hmm. you want to be what you feel like is enough um that goes back to where I said like when growing up I've always wanted to be a darker tone woman where like I could not for the life of me get a dark tan because when I get a tan I look dirty <laughs> so I do my face looks so just uneven. and on the opposite for me I just got probably in the last couple of years well, I won't even say that because I don't think I was ever like that. My sister now, she used to be different. Like she didn't want to be outside too much. She felt like she was going to get darker. Me, because I'm just like, okay, either I'm going to get darker and have fun <laughs> and enjoy myself or I'm going to be inside miserable trying to be acceptable for someone else. So since a young age, I kind of allow myself just to be. But I always felt like, damn, like I wish people would see me the way I see I me. See me. Yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah so I had the opposite problem where it was like we were getting messages of told like oh you done got dark since you've been outside god why you stay a little bit long long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was my cousins my cousins would be like yeah it's time for us to go inside Mm getting out the pool and that chlorine sit on your skin yeah go wash before you be too dark now I I love that me and the sun have an intimate relationship I need it on my skin if I do not have it my vitamin d goes down and so and my depression comes up so (laughs) I need my vitamin d all right um just seeing like a lot of women like little Kim now that is sad like now that and but that's the reality like when, yeah to see the where it stems from like she wanted the love of a man and mm-hmm. she's seen that this man the way that man treated her versus how he treated another woman that was a lighter tone mm-hmm. like she, she wanted it. to be that tone to yeah. where she you know messed herself up she went and had surgery that to, to have higher jaw bones to mm-hmm. have the features of a, a white woman when she was already gorgeous looking was bad okay <laughs> <laughs> okay but she and it, it is so it's so crazy because i feel like when you when we start getting into the conversation of like bleaching skin mm-hmm. and altering body parts they kind of go hand in hand because you're not happy with who you are and how you mm-hmm. look you're just not happy and a lot of that comes from messages about colorism and mm-hmm. you know when it comes to expectations of your body image too um it's, are, it's sad it really is or even being uh, considered white passing um going back to it that lady told me oh, aren't you glad that you know you fit in you know i ain't gonna lie it was kind of awkward but i felt mm-hmm. good like i felt accepted mm-hmm. like okay okay let me straighten my hair 
you know, let me make sure my hair, I used to start perming my hair and not realizing perms weren't even taken in my hair. True. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> I used to burn my scalp every time. I came to a point where I was perming or relaxing my hair every three weeks. Ooh, mm, mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I grew up like that around a lot of girls. That did it. That did it as well. Um, it's, I even know somebody currently that's very whitewashed and looks down on a lot of black people. So when you say whitewash, you mean like adhering to Eurocentric beliefs of beauty and mm-hmm. standards and living. Okay. Okay. Cause it, for a minute I was like, what, what Where, you what's she going no, with No, no, this? no, no, no. I, I got you now. I got you. Um, I kind of reel me in sometimes. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I can agree with you there. And it's it's real sad to see. It's just, I told people I got lucky, you know, because while I do have my own set of privilege and I'm going to be touching on that as far as like once we get to the body shaming and everything, um, when it came to the black community, it was kind of flipped on its head. You know what I'm saying? Being a smaller black woman was not working in my advantage. <laughs> and then I'm darker skinned. So that was another hit against me. So it had to be either I was going to sink or swim. Either I was going to buy into the fact that I was not valuable or I was going to believe what I knew to be true, which is that I am. And so because I didn't have all those things to all those, you know, the opportunities for privilege to hide behind, I was able to have a more real conversation early on than I think a lot of people did because privilege is pervasive. Mm -hmm. Feeling accepted is a part of growing up. It's a part of your adolescent journey. So when you felt both a little bit weird and also a little bit pride in what that woman said to you, that was a natural response. Now, when we get better at this, hopefully we can teach our children to know Mm-mm, that's not no, no. compliment. <laughs> you tell her all. to get up out your face. You know what I'm saying? We'll get better at that. But for what you had in that moment, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of people still are because they don't want to have the conversation about colors and they don't look at the articles. They don't read up on it. They don't listen to the talks about it. And so they stay in their mindset and they continue that process. And so I just sometimes, even though it was a hard journey, I feel lucky because I'm able to now educate, continue to educate myself and continue to educate other people, too. Um. We kind of we went in no kind of (laughs) order with me and you. We just be like in the conversation just flows. Um, Have other people in your friend group or family been colorist? I mean, I know you say your family, but like as far yeah. as like your friend group, do you still have people that are, you know, still participating and proud of? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have these conversations with them? Definitely. Definitely. Um, I have to help them see because, like I said, I celebrate all black women. So I don't want to fall into it's because I'm dark skinned, it's because I'm light skinned. But it always goes back to, oh, because you're light skinned, you so and so and so. No, I'm just black. Mm-hmm. I'm just black love. I'm just black. Um, I remember one of my friends when I first met her, her saying, oh, you could be our little light skinned delight. Mm-hmm. Come on with us. You can be our little piece of color. Like that's my, that's my value for you. 
Yeah, so it was like, mm, okay. So, it, but to know them is like, okay, this is a little bit deeper. Like, they look at me as privileged, and I can understand that. So, I, I don't talk down to them, but whenever they kind of put themselves down, like, like saying like a guy is not valuable because of a certain thing. Yeah, or uh, how can I put it? Oh, I'm not his type. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. You're gorgeous. So they're still internalizing that colorism. Yeah. I mean, like now, now I have used, not used that in some of these terms, but I can tell when it's just like, if you didn't date 65 lighter-skinned women in a row. And then here you are. And then here you are, knocking on my door. Um, or you expect me to 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 think that you're going to approach me, which is usually the thing. It's like, I you expect me, because a lot of times... As a darker skinned woman, I knew that men like me. I knew that they found me interesting. I knew that they were attracted to me. And yet they still did not choose me. Because they didn't want you. They just liked you. They did want me. Oh, they did. I'm oh, sorry. They want you know what I'm saying? It was very obvious. But having that idea of because when you when you look at the way that colorism works it's about what's more valuable right so mm-hmm. i'm less valuable and if in that in that connection what is seen as more valuable is a lighter skinned woman then that's mm-hmm. going to raise their status right so that's why you see a lot of the nba players the nfl players the oh players, definitely yeah you know with women who are of a lighter hue so it works the same way even on our level you know we might not have six figures but people still you know go with that same concept so i've had men that were attracted to me that we did hit it off that we flirted that we were cool that you know we we really could have had something but mm-hmm. they didn't allow themselves to get to that point because hmm no, I got to have somebody who looks different. And see, I always look at that as they like you, but they don't want you because society tells them you're not. Okay, I can. You're I not, can that, yeah. yeah, you're not what they need in life. Yeah, they so, don't want themselves because it's anti-black. Exactly. what it is. <laughs> so like, you know, because I, I mean, I've had my friends say like, you know, a guy has told them or even my mother has said this. Um that a guy she used to date used to tell her like you know you're pretty for a black girl i hate that like what does that mean how do you fix your mouth even say that that's not a compliment i don't think i've ever gotten that now i i hear people say it and i've heard it said to people it has never been said to me you know per se i've i've had people come up to me and ask certain questions like oh are you a model (laughs) or you know stuff like that but I, I can accept that because I'm just like, okay, you're just a roundabout way telling me that you think I'm pretty. But mm-hmm. I, I never had anybody discount the way that they think I'm, I look verbally in that way mm-hmm. um, by, you know, association of my skin tone. But I yeah. know it does happen and it's sad. That, and that's so degrading to me. That is so very degrading, meaning that she's pretty like there's not a lot of pretty dark-skinned women or even a lot of pretty black women like what does that mean and I every time I hear that I always ask like what does that mean they're pretty for a black what are your standards of what what are you going by what are you looking at to see 
that is what beauty looks like. Or I even even had like the conversation with you know men and they'll say, Oh yeah, I dated a black a dark skinned girl. Like, okay, so what I'm supposed to feel <laughs> honored that I might be in the running to be chosen by you, sir? Like that is another form of people not realizing how ingrained their colorist views are mm-hmm. into how they date and their dating preferences. So I'll ask you like, what is your current preference on men and have you like taken the time to see if it is connected back to colorism possibly? Yeah. I love all shades of men. <laughs> listen, I That's love right. men. Dark but skin, brown skin, pecan, tan. Listen, honey, brown sugar color, whatever. Um, But I had to get to a point. I used to only date darker tone men. Mm -hmm. Um, But goes back to what you said, like I looked at them as protectors. Um, My father, you know, was a a light-skinned man. But when my mom drilled in my head, like, you know, smell funny, you look funny. Yeah, all lighter skinned people. Exactly. So I was like, okay, I don't want another light skinned man. Let me find me a nice chocolate, you know, man, a little yummy, yummy, <laughs> you know, to be with. And that's part of the reason why, you know, I found the baby father that I found for my kids because I wanted my children to be dark skinned. And oh, that is a whole thing with people like have children to have the kind of skin tone they want and it's always funny to me when it don't work out the way it, it, did, and it really didn't my children <laughs> came out just as jealous as I am <laughs> but it was crazy because my youngest is a darker tone so she's not she's not considered dark skin mm-hmm. but she's more on a brown skin level so for someone else to look at her they may say hmm, she might be light skin but to me, she's a brown skin girl, especially when she gets in that sun. My baby comes back looking like she is blue black. But she, um, I remember when she was born, you can tell her texture was darker. And my mom was like, don't treat her differently. Like, can't treat none of my children differently because of the tone of this. She probably, skin. that was probably her way, her roundabout way of acknowledging that she treated you differently. Or it, it was her way of knowing that she was treated differently, not so yeah, much that she treats you differently, say, but that she knew. It, it's like people know what colorism is, but they can't articulate it and how it is formed and perpetuated in their own lives. Exactly. They know what it is. They know they get, get treated differently. Differently, definitely. Because my mother was the only dark child she was um and she would always say like I'm my mom's chocolate child mm-hmm. so I can understand why a lot of favoritism was pointed towards my brothers or pointed towards my cousins because one of my cousins she took her under her wing like that was her own child but you know and one of my cousins she would always tell her you're gorgeous you're beautiful like they were always you know she gave positivity into you know my cousins and my brother like oh yeah you know when you get you can be this tall handsome dark man yeah she tried to give them what she didn't get as a child because who knows what she went through (laughs) you know but as far as the the message the messages and the many messages that darker skinned children receive she probably got that same thing where it's like even if because i even in my own family i was always Mm -hmm. told i was beautiful i was told that i was enough i was valuable I was smart you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I, it was never a, a negative message um 
pertaining to my skin tone, I didn't get that until outside the home. And it was still damaging because it took me a long time to realize like, okay, I know the truth about myself. And if nobody else sees it, it, that doesn't make it any less true. Mm -hmm. Um, That's their problem, not mine. Yeah. So um, for her, it could be that same situation where even if she was getting positive reinforcement in her home Mm -hmm. uh, and in a different time too, the time like she might have been born and what she went through could have been a lot more harsh yeah I yeah I remember her telling me um about when I was born because again she wanted a dark-skinned baby she was waiting for one and when I was born she was like ma she's like a little monkey and she told me my grandmother told her you don't want no black baby so when it was, they know how hard it can be and it's it's, <laughs> it's a sad reality that I mean and, and it are, is they know what colorism is, but they don't know how to articulate what it is. You know? And I'm just like starting to sit back and think of it now. Cause like me and my family actually had this conversation. I want to say on Easter, mm-hmm. we were sitting down all talking and eating. And I remember my mom telling my aunt, uh, my middle aunt, cause my oldest aunt is dead. Um, well, passed away, as my daughter says. Don't say that. So I know yes, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm your daughter. Passed away. It passed Transcended, away. You know. But um, I remember her telling her like, no, like I felt like you were the favorite because you were lighter, and she was like. I, my aunt don't even consider herself light, but she was like, yeah, I always considered that you were the favorite because my aunt has the green eyes. Mm-hmm. You know the softer texture um here and she's like a little she's a little darker than me but she's still what you consider light skin so she was like I felt like you know you have favoritism but going back to even my grandmother because my grandmother's mother wasn't black so my grandmother being as she's actually your tone Mm -hmm. but like my aunts but her sister's were way lighter than me and even seeing that side of the family none of them look black Mm -hmm. so you know I can only imagine what my grandmother went through growing Mm -hmm. up being that dark child um in that time in that so so you know having children because I think my oldest aunt's father was Polish so she came out, like I said, white passing. Um, my grandmother, my great grandmother was white passing. So I think she just felt like life would be, you know, she kind of seen how life was easier for them. Mm-hmm. And to have a dark skinned child, she spoiled my mother. Um, she spoiled my mother big time. But I think a part of her spoiling her was because she knew that she would be treated differently, differently. in the world. Mm-hmm. So when she overcompensating. I mean, and so the same, it was on opposite sides of the spectrum, the same way your mother overcompensated with her children, her darker skinned children, she was overcompensated for because it's like, I know you're not going to get the love you need and want from the rest Mm -hmm. of the world, but I'm going to give it all to you. But then what message does that send to your other children? And um, yeah, Um, I'm going to ask this and then we're going to wrap it up. Yeah. what mess what would you tell young adults struggling with colorism currently um learn who you are and accept who you are um and learn to love 
who you are. Um, that's the biggest thing. You have to love the skin that you're in. You have to love your tone, whether it's your two tone, three tone. Girl, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine tone. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> yeah, like no one is better than you. Um, everyone, we are all the same. Um, if you're struggling and, you know, as a dark skinned woman, I I haven't experienced that, so I can't tell you your experience. Um, however, I can tell you that you are beautiful. Um, you do matter and you play a huge part in the world. Um, for a lighter tone woman, um, you matter as well. Um, you, we're no better, <laughs> but we also need to watch our um, our tone with our darker tone women um, and understand that they fight a different battle than we fight. Where we mm -hmm. still fight a battle, they fight a totally different battle. And we need to make sure we're there for them mentally. So that way we're not a part of the problem. I love that. Um, for my lighter skinned women, I will say that there are many of us that see you that understand that you have had your own set of struggles and that will validate that for you, that we can't take away those experiences. And that is a part of the colorism conversation, too, because as we've said, while you do have privilege, there are also some disadvantage to that privilege because then you have to think about fetishization and all those different things that come along with being a trophy or being seen as only your skin tone mm -hmm. that's not a prize you know that's not a good thing to be reduced down to something that has nothing to do with all the wonderful things that you are as a person so I do want to say that um know that you are valuable outside of what others might be looking at and just seeing at a glance which is your skin tone for my darker skinned women I would say that I'm so sorry that this is the world we live in sometimes. <laughs> it's the world we still live in. I'm very aware that while I've had my share of experiences that they are based on location, based on my body type, based on, you know, different things that they could be more mild in in comparison to the experiences that many of you have had. And I truly hope that you find healing and you can feel like you're not alone after you hear this conversation that this conversation has been one of the better ones that you've heard um on colorism because I do think that when I realized that that's what I was going through as a darker skinned woman I started researching and I wanted to feel validated in my experience having a name for what I experienced finally so I researched it and I didn't find a lot of different you know conversations about it that made me feel seen mm -hmm. um one of the ones that did make me feel seen was dark skinned girls. Um, that was an article. It was a, it was a documentary okay. that came out some years ago and it was a great documentary, but then they did light skinned girls or light girls or something like that. And it was just like my light skinned sisters. It wasn't that it was something. It wasn't. No, it was, it was, it was definitely called like dark girls mm -hmm. and then light girls. But again, y'all know if I, I'm always messing something up. I don't know stuff, but I don't know it exactly the right way. So I will always share um, it to my social media and to the show notes. But that's exactly um, how it was. And it was just capturing the experiences between 
um, two women, but they started with dark girls and he was only going to do dark girls, but it was such a call for the conversation to also encompass light girls. But the conversation was just horrible with that second installment. When I showed my sister dark girls, she cried because she saw herself reflected. When I watched light girls, I was just like, why we had to do this <laughs> you know like it could have went Was that a BT document you can find it on youtube if i'm not mistaken um but I, i'm pretty sure i, I want to say I, I think i remember that documentary because they had tatiana ali on the light girl that is, and i was yep, like girl yep. it was called my light skin sisters i remember it let, let me look it was like a three quick. it was a three point um a three video two day um premiere i think but they were they talked about dark-skinned women and then the next day it was like you know they talked about light-skinned women um but yeah, I, I I hate how they put in the only reason why Tatiana Ali would probably even be is because of her texture. I was like, this texturism though, and 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 in this in the the language in that documentary made me so angry. I know we were supposed to be giving advice, right now, but yeah. it was so problematic, and 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 that's how so many of the conversations of colorism come. Like I. Dark-skinned women, a lot of times, will be vulnerable. They will be open. They will be mm-hmm. talking about their experiences and in really painful ways. Mm-hmm. And then when we have the conversation on the other end of the spectrum, I just don't feel like a lot of times it meets on that same level. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just like, I, I they just missed the mark for it. So the, it is called Light Girls. And you can just type in a uh, YouTube Light Girls documentary, and then okay. the other one is called Dark Girls uh, documentary, and it's just um, I think it's like an hour or so. But it's they're both really good to watch. I'm not trying to discount it, but then you will see once you watch both of them, you will see why we can never get as far as we could get with the conversation because there's always a disconnect <laughs> um, there. It always starts to be light and dark. Because one of the things in the, that the light girls documentary didn't do was acknowledge the privilege. Privilege. And when they did acknowledge the privilege, they did it while still standing on a podium. A pain. They still were prideful in that privilege instead of looking at it as, okay, I have this privilege, I'm going to use it, um, you know, for the benefit of my community, including mm-hmm. darker skinned women. But no, they they didn't do that. And so that's why I was just like, throw the whole thing away. <laughs> just throw it away. But if you are of a dark skin tone, um, I see you. I am you. Um, you are beautiful beyond words. And uh, yeah, don't ever let anybody, including this world, tell you anything differently. Um, the last question I ask is, how have you healed from the colorism enacted against you i'm still healing mm-hmm. i'm i'm still um at 34 years old i am still learning myself and learning to love my tone um i had to stop using my privilege so much <laughs> i did you that. can use it just swing no. some of that our way you know what i'm saying <laughs> 
No, because I, I don't want to be, I, I learned that if I don't tone it down, I can start to be microaggressive. That's when I start to kind of, uh, I'm doing too much. Yeah. So, um, and I can see it and I start to see it. So I really, really have been working on myself big time with that. Um, like I said, I, I started that in my early thirties, um, working on that when I seen it, um, talking the way I talk to certain women. Um, but yeah, the healing process is constant as the world we live in is constant. Mm -hmm. It's constant. Um, like I said, me and my family, we starting to have that conversation. I was shocked that we're actually having that conversation. Um, but it's definitely there and it's a process. Right. Um, I agree. Um, I'm really good at just being me, <laughs> you know, um, and and kind of sometimes you, you don't know what's being enacted against you because you are in your own little bubble sometimes. And I think I'm really good at being in my own little bubble all the time. Um, but then when I do come up to the surface and kind of examine things, sometimes I do have to battle with the the reality that a lot of the things I strive to do, a lot of things I want it would come easier to me if I were lighter. And so that's still something that I struggle with um, and that I have to remind myself that, you know, that might be true in certain avenues, but the door is going to open for you that is supposed to open for you. And it's going to be open for you. And on the other side will be people who are accepting you exactly for who you are and not for who, you know, you aren't, <laughs> you know, because, and then they'll see, who you are and that's the benefit of I hate to say the benefit of colorism but the benefit that I've found in the in the thing that has helped me heal the most is knowing that I can show up as myself mm -hmm. right I might once you get past the thinking I'm aggressive and all this different kind of stuff you know once you see me as a person then mm -hmm. you see me and I'm I'm able to show up not mediocre mm -hmm. not you know, as a trophy, I'm able to show up as myself. And so um, that's something I lean into on my own with knowing that, okay, you know, once I do get to where I want to go, it's because of me, <laughs> not because of some privilege, at least on my skin tone, because I might, mm -hmm. I've definitely got other privilege in other places, but in, on the skin tone front, I've gotten different places, not based on that particular thing. And that's, you know perfectly fine with me sometimes it works against me sometimes I still have to remind myself like it's okay like doors will open when they're supposed to but mm -hmm. um, I heal from that with being honest with myself about who I am and reminding myself of that so that's all I got for you Neek go ahead and uh plug your information well, if you want to reach me on all social media platforms, it is Neek Cruz um, on everything. N-I-Q-U-E-C-R-E-W-S. I make it very easy to be found. You did, it just rolled out the tongue. You're so used to doing it. <laughs> yeah. Just find me, Neek Cruz. Right. And come listen to me on Relationship Status every Monday and Wednesday on all platforms you listen to your podcast for free. 
Yes, yes. And writer, y'all. She does uh, letters to Neek and she will give you advice. They will talk about your particular issue on the Relationship Status Podcast. So be sure that you tune in and you get some of that good advice that she has. <laughs> hey, and I'm always going to tell you, it's your life. Listen, do what you want to do. <laughs> so that way I'm not liable. That's my disclaimer. That's the disclaimer right there. Okay. So just make sure that you don't think we about to fix nothing. No, I give you my opinion of what That's I it. think, but I'm giving you my unbiased opinion about something because I don't know you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just giving you my opinion based off of the situation at hand instead of what I know about you. Right. And you guys know me. I'm your host, Kay Antoinette. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kay Antoinette underscore the blogger, or you can follow the Let's Build Futures page at Let's underscore Build underscore futures. And be sure to visit the new and improved Let's Build Futures.com, where you can now find all my recent blog posts, LBF podcast episodes, and all the latest news on LBF and all the things that I have in store. So I'm excited about that. Be sure to check it out, let'sbuildfutures.com. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, if you want to share your stories about colorism, or if you feel like I didn't do a good job on this episode and you want to be featured on the episode or anything, you can always write me at allthingslbf at gmail.com. I'll be more than happy to answer and respond and possibly have you on the show. So this has been a great talk. <laughs> I Definitely. think we exhausted everything that we could. <laughs> and it always lasts longer than we expected. And that's okay with me. Um, I'm always for having a good conversation. Builders, if this has gotten overwhelming for you at the hour mark, you can always leave and come back. Like, it's okay. It's here to stay. Make sure that you're not, um, you know, trying to listen to it in one setting if it's too much, but What's like Theo said, sometimes it's just so deep. It's just so deep, you know. That's it. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Theo. <laughs> but until next time, builders, it was great talking to you. <laughs>